Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Hi everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Woodward here from Metro Church for another wonderful installment of my story. Perhaps one of my favourite things that we do here at Metro, and I know it's a favourite of so many of you all as well, as we get to talk to some of the great people that make up the Metro Church family and get to chat with them about what God has done in their life. And so lean in for this, won't you? Right at the very end, of course, we're going to be praying with people for, well, I guess, all the needs in your life. But thank you for joining with us. And would you help me welcome my very special guest today, none other than Michael and Tisa Pierre. (laughs) Big welcome to you both. Lots of you know Tisa, of course. Tisa's our business manager here at Metro. Thank you for serving God and serving this church, Tisa, in the way that you do. And I mean that, like, Tisa was away for a few months last year. Yes, last year. And the whole place just seemed so much quieter, (laughs) duller. Michael would agree. <laughs> it was definitely, we were so looking forward to you coming back so that the life that you bring and the happiness that you bring to the office, thank you for that. So we appreciate it. You're and welcome. Michael as well, because, you know, here in Metro, we celebrate if it's a staff member, their spouse, if they have one as well, because we know it takes both people to make a commitment that allows the other one to flourish in this kind of environment. So thank you for that, Michael. Thanks. Good yeah. to be here. Now, let me just jump right in here, and some of the story I know and some I'm not sure of. You were both born in Trinidad? Yes. Yes. Correct. Trinidad is not Jamaica. (laughs) Definitely not. So people that come up and sing Jamaica, you have a bobsled team or whatever, (laughs) you guys go, that's not us. Yes. So Usain Bolt is not from your country. No. No, No, he's not. (laughs) But Brian Lara is from our country. Brian Lara, the famous cricketer, of course. And you know Australians love their cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So just for people who may not know, because geography is not everyone's strong point, where's Trinidad and how long does it take to get there from Perth? Mm. Well, I'll tell you how long it takes because every (laughs) year I try to make a visit home. Uh It takes at least 36 hours flying because... It's the other side of the world. It's wow. literally 12 hours difference from Perth. Wow, wow. You know, it it is just a lot of flying. I remember when I taught, eight hours was a long flight. Now mm. I make a 12-hour flight, then a 16-hour flight, then a three-hour flight to Trinidad. Wow, wow. So it takes you really a couple of days to get a back A couple there. of wow. days. Uh-huh. Literally so, three days. Wow. Yeah. Do you go back much at all, Michael? Have you still got family there? Oh, yeah. My... Uh, Mom and dad, one okay. of my sisters are there. Right. Uh, and then all the family, all my brothers, all my uncles. Okay. And aunts, everyone is still at Trinidad. They yeah. basically are cemented in. They're, right. not, they're not going to leave. I'm not even going to get a visit from uh, from my dad. He said <laughs> really? he's not coming, it's too far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, after hearing that from Teaser, I can understand why you think that. Yeah. yeah. So how big is Trinidad? Because I, I don't know. How many people? Uh, so 2022, uh, we basically around 1.5 million. Really? Yep. So, so Perth is bigger than the whole of Trinidad. <laughs> the whole of Trinidad, which is 
just over five Trinidad and Tobago, that is, uh-huh. just over five thousand square meters. Square kilometers, kilometers, sorry, kilometers. <laughs> would fit into Metropolitan Perth. Wow. Easily. Because I think uh Perth is like six thousand plus square wow. kilometers, yeah. So what is it about Trinidad then that raises such big thinking people? out of such a small country because Trinidad and Tobago are quite famous for some of the scientists and the athletes and the the pop stars or whatever that have come out of there. What is it about a small country like that that makes people think so big? I would say it's the the values, the traditional values that we have. We have very strong values in Trinidad and Tobago. The majority of the country is Christians. Oh, really? Christianity. Yeah, everybody is some sort of religion, but the majority is Christians. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Strong values and, and education is important. And right. when when we, came, well, recently, um, you know, like kids, I realize kids here, they have oppor- much more opportunities here in Perth where you don't have to stay to year 12. But right. back home, everybody did school. You had to do school. It was wow. It was normal. So growing up, Michael, did you want to be a cricketer? Like, because cricket's pretty big, huh? Uh, I was never a sportsman. Really? Growing up, I did like cycling, but cycling was pretty much you needed to have the expensive bikes and right. stuff like that. And obviously, I couldn't afford that. But I did like cycling, but I was never a sportsman. Wow. In fact, I was never much of anything, really. Really. <laughs> What did you want? To, what did you want? What did you want to be when you were growing up? Then I, I wanted to be a pilot. I was uh-huh. captivated so, by wheels, gasoline, <laughs> petrol, uh, anything with an engine, anything with a with, with with the smell of unburned fuel. <laughs> that was that was all up the realm of. How I used to think that was that was my makeup. Even when I was uh, much much younger, uh-huh. what was recreation for me was a was was a job for someone else. So I would go and work in an auto mechanic shop and literally destroy some of the equipment that they have. <laughs> fall out with the mechanics. See. Don't come back. We cannot afford you. <laughs> Is that right? You are destroying stuff. But now you're an engineer. Yeah. <clears throat> which is a little bit strange. Not strange as in a strange job, but considering what you were just saying. You're a fluid engineer? Yes. Now, yes. please, tell us what on earth it is that you do. What's a fluid engineer <coughs> do, Michael? All right. So I'm just going to bring it down, basically. So... Drilling fluids is, is not really a true science as such. Uh, it's it's a it's a combination of geology, yeah. chemistry, and a bit of common sense. Uh-huh. So I call it the GCC. Okay. <clears throat> um, when you want to extract volatile fluids from or substances from the earth, you need to have a way of controlling these uh, these gases and oils prior to production. So the drilling fluid, which is what we pump down in the hole, applies a pressure to the formation, keeps the gas and oil down in the earth until you are ready to produce it. Wow, okay. When you're ready to produce it, 
you reduce that pressure and allow the pressure of the gas and oil to come to surface when you're ready for it. So during that time, I mean, there's a lot of details and stuff like that, but you'll have a Christmas tree in place. You reduce that. That's part of the oil rig or gas. Yeah, that's that's basically when you go from drilling to production. Okay. Once you get into production, the gas and oil that you want to produce, you have all your safety equipment involved, and then you actually reduce that fluid pressure Mm -hmm. and allow your gas and oil to come up and basically how you get your your petrol in your gas stations, how you get your plastics. So you studied that, I'm presuming, in Trinidad? Is that where you went to university? Um, What I did was a a technical diploma in mechanical engineering. And then from there, I went on to the rigs to work, and I did... uh, At that time, they offered a program where you could study from the ground up Right. All the different segments right. before you actually go into drilling. Right. So I was in the drilling sector before I went into the chemical sector. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> then I got trained up from Beroy Trinidad Services, which is which is the drilling fluid right. segment of the from the drilling fluid segment of the drilling uh, industry, yeah. The drilling industry. And then uh, from there, <clears throat> hmm. I'm just I'm just going in into a little more detail, but from there, I went into, uh, after I have had five years, ex- five years experience in wow. drilling fluids in, in the local industry, I just went international after that consulting because I had enough experience and at wow. that time it was... It so was that's what you do here now, isn't it? Yes. And much. and I'm presuming because they drill all over the world, it's taken you to quite a few places. Is that so? Yes. So, um, usually once I start a campaign, I get... I'm always one of the few to be the chosen to join another campaign. So wow. I spent like five years in West Africa. Wow. And at, at that time I was commuting. Must be older than he looks. <laughs> Good genes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then from there, I spent one year with, with ExxonMobil, which is a, yeah. an American-based yeah. company. And then they requested me to to do their Jans project in 2012 in Australia. Ah. And that, from there onwards, and that's all the reason that I'm in Australia today. Wow. Because mm-hmm. of ExxonMobil and because of their what request. What a fascinating journey, though. Yeah. Going from wrecking somebody's auto mechanic <laughs> shop to, you know, all this stuff around the world. Teaser, what about you? When you were at school, <coughs> what did you want to be when you were growing up? I um I just wanted I, I I wasn't sure what I wanted to do but I always loved maths and wow. my teacher wanted me to be an actual science. Oh right. And she said there are only a few in the Caribbean like 3. Wow. And I was like, "Oh, do I have to study more?" <laughs> and I was like, mm, mm, um, no, I'll pass." <laughs> but there were only 3 and she said, "Tisa, you could do it. You're so good. You could do it. You could uh, make it." 
But um, yeah, so um, I always like something with math, but my uh, personality is always to, and I felt actuarial science was a little... A bit dry for you. It was huh? a little yeah, dry. Yeah, Let's yeah, say dry. Yeah, yeah. But you were a bank manager for yes. a time. Is that in Trinidad? Yeah. Okay. Well, yep, yep. So I was a bank manager for Did you enjoy years. that? I loved it. Well, I, I didn't start off as a bank manager, of course. Um, so I loved when I was coming up the ranks because then I could ask my boss if I could come out and deal with customers because I was always, an, I was an accountant, <laughs> but I liked dealing with people and talking with people. So you I would noticed. like, yeah. So I say, oh, we showed on customer service. Can I, you know? And she said, yeah, go on. Because uh, yeah. I could get my work done in two uh, twos. And then, yeah, so I held on for people while they want to leave. And I did my job in the back, but uh, I like dealing with people. Uh, I, I, we, and we <laughs> love it because you, you hear at Metro are helping yeah. people that are new to the church even yeah. and just saying, going and chatting to them. Because I've never noticed, Tisa, that you were afraid to talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah, which is... Which is true. It's great. That's uh, really good. So how, you both met in Trinidad, I'm presuming. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. We met in Trinidad. Okay. Yeah, yeah well. Yeah. So how long had you been married when it, all your married life was Michael jetting off somewhere or other? All our married life, maybe for a very short time at the start, <laughs> he wasn't jetting off, but he was jetting off before. And then he decided, oh, he want to start his own business because he still loves digging up and stuff and mashing up stuff. And I'm like, this garage is full of stuff. That, <laughs> anyway, so he decided to have his own business for a very short time. He was doing some trucking. And then, I don't know, He um, maybe he'll explain it to Pastor. He did some trucking, but it was difficult to get constant workers because he wow. still was wanted to do, you know, some other stuff. And, um, and then he started back working offshore, FIFO. Wow. So most, definitely our whole married life. So how long have you been married? 24 a long time, twenty plus years. Wow, wow. <laughs> he I'm might say sixty. So all your married life, though, has been this—you know, you're here, then you're not here. Yes. And I wanted to ask you about that because in this church, Michael, we have a lot of people that FIFO. We've got a lot of geologists, a lot of people in well, all kinds of industries really. At that spend, I was talking to someone in our church just recently who's about to <coughs> FIFO to. Um, Azerbaijan, I think, or Kurdistan, yeah. or one of those places that, like, I don't know anyone that's ever been there, and they're going to go fifoing to there. And I, I know a little bit firsthand from when I was a teenager of my father working away. Uh, you know how there are. It's not bad, but it can have adverse impacts if you don't know how to manage it well for your family. So. You know, you've been FIFOing your whole married life. Is that pretty well it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And uh, kudos to, to Tisa because she, uh, I guess she likes her space too. Uh -huh. So when I overstay my time, <laughs> I know about it. Right? Is, that because, <laughs> is that because though you're like a lot of guys, when you come home or girls, you come home from it, and it's like you've got to really, I call it changing gears. Yes. You've got to go from dad who's at the end of the phone maybe to being dad who's here, but life has been going on steadily without you there, and now you've got to jump back in. and um, Disrupt stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is disruptive, and I yes. think it takes some very wise leadership of the mum and the dad, depending on who it is that, because yeah. I know where, where it's the mum who FIFOs. 
Um, you know, tax and wise leadership. You've got three children. I think uh, the youngest now is about what sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. So you've got they're now coming into adulthood. The two oldest girls certainly are. Um, I mean, Tisa, what do you think for you have been some of the important things in building family cohesion and stability, knowing that, you know, Michael's going to be away for three weeks? Yeah. Is, is that about how long normally he's gone? Yeah. Okay, and then he's going to be back for one or two weeks? Three. It's always the same. Three and three, huh? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So, like, uh, when I was working, I, I, call, I call Australia home now. Right. But when I was working international, it would be like four to five weeks right. because of the traveling and everything okay. else. So they wouldn't, my rotation wouldn't be three weeks. It would be four plus. Right. And then you have another week of travel between. Well, because it's so far like in and out, you know. Mm. Yeah. So, so most of the time I would be, let's say, five and a half weeks right. and then three and a half weeks at home. Wow. So that's how the rotation was when I was international. But here is here is blessed that that we have a common three week on rotation and they value a lot of family life here more wow. so than in Trinidad. Oh really? Or or internationally. Right. I would think. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. How do you get on like one of the things that um I guess we all would have felt if we've been away and there was an accident or a family crisis or something that took place and you're not home. You know, how does that work, Tisa? Well, we we have had family crisis um, because in Trinidad, as you know, it's beautiful. We love Trinidad. I love Trinidad. I could move back, but, you know, anyway, we wouldn't go there. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> We did. I did have a break in Christmas, one Christmas, and Michael was away. So I know it was difficult for us, and I know it would have been even more difficult for Michael because he wasn't there as the head of the home to protect the family. You know what I mean? And I know he would have felt it because as soon as he came back home, literally, he threw away everything in the house. He said, we're going to get new everything because the man was literally in my house. It was a burglar, right? right. And he threw away everything. And I was like, oh, nothing really wrong with those things. But he just threw them away because, you know, he felt it was an invasion of his home and he wasn't there. And I just tried to make him feel comfortable that, you know, yes, it happened. It was unfortunate, but we are fine. I'm perfectly fine. We only had Ellie at the time. And it only happened once. And, you know, God is good. God is always there for us, protecting us. Because it was Christmas time. All my family, we were out. But luckily... At that time when it happened, I had an uncle who was upstairs. So he came home early like myself. Mm-mm. And he was there to protect us or whatever. You know what I mean? Wow. It was it was a frightening moment, but I stood strong. <laughs> Can I ask you about that just personally? Because I do know when your mum got quite ill. Yes. And your brother was the only family member able to care for your mum. Yep. And I know what it's like when someone is just that far away from you. And, you know, it is the other side of the world. And I know the world has shrunk and, you know, for all of us, we travel a lot more. We now got smartphones. We can ring up. We can FaceTime. But I don't know. I I still think you want to be there with them. And did you feel that, you know, when you had heard that your mum was really not well and, and obviously getting older, that, you know, how did you deal with that when you wanted to be there for her? 
it was really hard. It was really hard. And I just had to push in and ask God for guidance to help me, you know, during this time. Because you want to be there. I'm also the oldest child that she oh. had. And I know the struggles we had when we were younger because my father died when I was a child. So wow. I always felt like I had a lot of responsibility. So maybe, so it was hard for me. It was wow. really hard for me to to know that she was, and, it, and it's so far, it's, as I said, it's like 36 hours. It's, Trinidad is very close to South America. So, mm. you know, just for people to know, because people will know where Trinidad is, but it's very close to South America, Venezuela in particular, you know. So it was it was really hard. It was really, really hard. How can I just ask you how how real in that kind of situation is your faith? You know, the the sense that God is there, that he cares. You know what I mean? How how big a deal is that for you when you're in that kind of a space? That is everything for us because without that, I don't know how people make it. And I think that's that's what's missing right now in society where people don't have that faith to help them through it because oh. everybody goes through difficult times in mm. their life and they need to have that faith to, to bring you through it and keep you strong. <clears throat> Otherwise, you break down. Yeah, well. You break down. So was there anything particularly in that time, you know, was it uh, you know, promises out of the Bible or was it just the knowledge? Like I spoke to someone recently who's been going through a pretty massive health thing. Yeah. And they've said to me, the knowledge, more than just knowing intellectually, but feeling people are standing with me, people are praying with yes. me. They said it's like that's the thing for them. That's their big thing, you know. Well, thank you to Metro Church and my Metro Church family because I always put it on the prayer chain, anything yeah, right. serious that happened mm. with us. And I even do it for new people that I meet in church. And yeah, I said, right. is it okay if I put it on the prayer chain? You know, we have mm. a fabulous prayer chain here. And a, as you know, a great mm. team of people praying for us. So yeah, I put it on the church. And I always like, when I was younger, I always liked the Footprints poem, which oh, of yeah. course we know from the Bible. And I always think about that, where God will carry us during difficult times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he always carries us during difficult times. So that's wow. what, that's my... Can I ask you then another question here? And and we don't script all this out for anybody <laughs> who wonders, you know, is this all planned? Some of this is just me asking. But for you both, I'd love you to answer the question about anxiety because so many people today are worried. They're worried. And when you're a long way away, you know what I mean? Like one of the answers to worry in one of the natural human responses is control. You know, so in other words, I'm going to make sure nothing bad can happen. And so, but it, whenever you do that, you ha always have to make your world smaller and smaller and smaller yeah. because we don't have the capacity to control a big world, only a small one. And so I've watched people that are very anxious in life and their world gets very small uh, in every way you can think of, financially, you know, in their relationships, etc. How have you, you got a husband, you're in Trinidad, He's come to Australia and you're, you're looking it up on the map going, what? And it's taken him <laughs> two and a half days probably yes. to get to this place. And you must be going, whoa, that's the other side of the world. And what if we needed him? Whatever. And you, Michael, I'm now three days journey just because it took you three days the last time yep. to get home. Yep. So it's three days journey if they needed me. Does that 
or are you both just happy, bubbly people who never worry? Well, I'll let Michael answer, and then I'll say something else. <clears throat> so, so I am the anxious one. Oh, really? I am the worried one. Really? Always. Oh, like, I did not know that. So I, know, I would have thought it. Like, I could t- give you a typical example. When I was away at the time, was I in Australia? No, I was in Africa. We had a serious flood, right? We just, we just basically built our house it was on a high plane so you would never think that it would get flooded but anyhow they had like a bunch of rubbish to make a long story short it backed up all the water backed up flooded the house wow right the house is a mess i call her she said ah not to worry and she's playing in the water (laughs) and i'm like true i'm like you know, all the furniture, she called her cousin. We had, they have to put it on bricks and all that, you know. And she's like, the kid's playing in the water and, and whatever. And I'm like, this is going to cost me a, a bunch of money. And how are we going to get get over this? And, and, you know, it was, she said, don't worry about it. Everything sorted out. And, and I said, I, I can't talk to you right now because, like, something was floating past or something. And then she put on the phone and I was, like, worried and... Wow. The next day, she was good as ever, cleaning out mud and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, is, so is I'm, the, the worry, I'm the worried one. Is the guy who wrote the Don't Worry, Be Happy song, is he from Trinidad? <laughs> yeah. I feel oh, like he wow. had some Caribbean heritage. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So what, is that just the way you grew up, Teaser? Um Because you said your dad died when you were quite young. He did. And I was seven. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Again, a lot of people who go through things like that become quite anxious yeah. in life, worried what can go wrong next. Why aren't you like that? I don't know. I think God just gave me a special blessing. And I think I also, I, I wondered for myself, how come I'm like this? Because I don't, I don't worry. Wow. So we make a good couple because Michael is good in his things. I'm good in my things. He's worrying. I'm like, don't worry about it. Wow. Yeah. Only worry if you see me worried. And if I'm not worried, you don't need to worry. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Even with finances, everything. I said, you don't need to worry. Because, you know, it was difficult also when finances, when we came across here. Because Australia is like, was seven to one Trinidad dollars. You know what I mean? But going back to wow, the... Wow, really? Going back, yeah, going so you, you mean one Australian dollar was seven Trinidad yes, ones? So, when we came. So everything's one... Seventh of the value that yeah. you had back there, and it cost you seven times as much. So, yes. Yeah, okay, wow. Yeah. yeah. But going back to the anxiety thing, I, I was thinking about it when I was getting older, and I said, I wonder if the Lord always said, you know, He helped widows mm-hmm. and I guess widowed children. So I said, oh, I fall into that category. So maybe that's why I'm always, I feel so blessed all the time, and He always provides for me. and yeah, I, I said, maybe that's why. Because it was very, very hard when my father died. My mother never spoke about it. Never. Because she loved him so much. She never remarried. She never thought about remarrying. She said, your father was so good to me, I would never remarry. Wow. And she was young. She was in her early 40s. Wow. You know? Wow. So it was really hard for us. I'll get you at the end of this to pray for people because I know worry is a big issue for a lot of people. Yeah. And they don't know how to overcome it. 
Yeah. And I do think that there's some things that we can take out of your story, you know, just even what you've just said about God says, I'll look after you. Yeah. That I think we we kind of tend to think somehow or other we've got to get God to do stuff for us or we have to, you know, be very good so he'll do it. But he's saying that about the very vulnerable, you yep. know, the widows and the orphans. Yep. They're not people that can prove anything, do anything oftentimes. And he says, I've got my eye on you, which yep. I think is great. Sorry, you were going to say something, Mark. Yeah, it just uh, brought back to memory when I was quoting Tisa, right? I would try to like freak her out, you know, get her all frightened and, and all that. And it always, it always used to be back on me again. Like, <laughs> so like uh, at that time I had um, a 750 Kawasaki bike. Whoa, okay. Pretty mm. fast, right? Yeah. And did you go on the back of that? Yeah. Yes, but my mother didn't want me to. Oh, so bad. let's oh, pretend bad. we didn't. Yeah, let's... <laughs> so, so I would be rapping. We have a lot of hills and a lot of corners. I'd be rapping, going around the corners and whatever. She's not making a note, you know. So this is any night. Check her. Huh. Why don't you turn off the lights <laughs> and see if you could do that same stuff? I say. She said that to you. Yeah. I said. Caesar must be very crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just trying to say, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. So me trying to freak her out usually freaks me out. You know? <laughs> I know that too, though, because you mentioned before about anxiety about money, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are in people's minds right now, yep. the economy yep. worldwide or whatever. And um, I know Michael that when. We asked Tisa to be the business manager here. You know, she could have earned a lot more money in, a f in other spaces. Yeah. But I'll never forget she said to me that you had said to her, you must do this. Yeah. You must do this for God and for the church. And I was always very touched by that. I mean that. I want to sincerely thank you because I know that it wasn't just Tisa going, well, I want this or this will be good or I'll enjoy this, but that you could see a kingdom benefit and a need and wanted to be a part of that. And I, I just think that that generosity, I, you know, sometimes the person who's out the front can get a lot of the credit and a lot of the applause, but I would think it's just somebody who's behind there who's going, now, this is what you should do. That's Yeah, I always, um, and, and kudos to yourself, because I was always looking for someone that could, could touch could touch me inside. I was selfish in that point. Right. Where no one no other preacher would would be able to get get through to me. I I wouldn't say that I wasn't close with the Almighty. I was close in my personal space, but no one could speak to me and I say, oh, this guy is like like super. And I always <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the maybe the puzzle just got yeah, they well. got together for me to reach here. Mm. Imagine I had to reach here to actually say, yeah, this guy has sold me out. Because I used to listen to other people that disappointed mm. me and whatever, and I will never listen to them again. Wow. And But can I just say that thank you, but your generosity, I know that you love cooking. Yes, 
and uh, you're very good at it. I have been the recipient of some of your, <laughs> like, teaser bought in a dessert uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I, it was a bread pudding, but not like a bread pudding like my mother made that was more bread than pudding. Uh, God bless you, Mum. Uh, but yours was like, and I thought, oh, this is really nice. This is. And yet I know that that's another expression of your generosity to some other people without going into who it was and wherever, but I had heard that you'd taken a meal to somebody and, and you know, it meant so much to them, Michael, you know, seriously. You know, not all generosity is money. Some of generosity is the time. I watched Tisa, the last one out the door half the time here at church, going around. She could just say, hey, they hired me to be the business manager here. Forget the rest. But there's something about both of you and wanting to serve God. And serving yeah. God always means serving people. You cannot yeah. disentangle them. You can't make it just I'm serving God in my vertical space. It's always got to go the horizontal, or else you don't have a cross, you just got a stick. Yeah. If you're going to have a cross, you have the vertical and then you have the horizontal. And I watch you both do that and I think, well done. Well done to both of you for that. <laughs> well, uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, yeah, as, as, as you mentioned also, with, in terms of money and happiness, yeah, you, you probably need some money, mm. but. Happiness is when she comes home. I say, ah, could you imagine what Kate said? It was so funny. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, things like that. You don't get that from a job that you yeah. do appreciate and that you like. So it's a lot more than, yeah, right. than a pocket at the end of the month. Well, I keep telling I tease her and, <laughs> and anyone who works in our accounts area and business area, just go, you've got to have a spirit of faith here. You have to. You know Definitely. what I mean? Like, it's not just going, well, we manage what's in front of us. Uh, you know, the just shall live by faith three times in the Bible. And I don't think that means the preacher shall live by faith. I think it means every believer will. Yeah. And so for you, Michael, where you're away and you go, what do I do? Then for you to live by faith means, God, I trust you with my family. Your eldest daughter now is on her tour UK. around <laughs> Europe. And again, now you've got someone over in that <laughs> other part of the world. So the just shall live by faith for all of us gets down to the very cold face of what do I do when a worry or when a concern or when a fear arises, now I'm going to bring it to God. And I know, teaser for you working in a church world where we haven't so far been very short of vision. Mm. And we haven't been very short of vision that costs stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> and most of when you come to me about something, I go, teaser, bring, bring faith to your work. You know? <laughs> and you've done that. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I reckon that's been one of the, one of the great things. She'll, teaser will do this thing that I've never heard from her. She goes, you do this thing. I don't know if it's a Trinidad thing. You know, the thing like... <laughs> Which means it means it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Do you, do, do you know? Does she do that at home? Maybe I'm so accustomed to it. I don't know. Maybe you know, what, you know what I mean? I do. I I think now as you mention it, I do. Yeah. Yes, that's it. <laughs> she does it all the time. She comes and says, "I'll pass to this. I'll pass to this, and we we need to spend this, and we've got to pay for this, and we've got to do this." And she just goes like. And I just go, oh, okay. After all, I figured out what she means is don't worry about it. Yeah. So then I don't worry about it because you told me not to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which is what I try to tell Michael also. 
story of politics. I know that you've had, we've got to draw this to a, yeah. uh, an end, and this is so much fun. Thank you for, and thank you, Michael, for agreeing to be a part of this as well, and that you're here and not wherever else it is you go next. <laughs> um, but I know you've seen the hand of God in your lives in a lot of ways. You were telling me before about an accident that had happened. Yeah. Um, when we were having our first child, of course, everybody is so excited and and we got in a, on Michael's birthday is the 31st of December, which is a big celebration ah, in Trinidad. Of course. And yes. we were in a celebration. The whole next day is about Michael. <laughs> New Year's Day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then right in the wee hours in the morning, because we went, we normally go by his mom to wish her a happy New Year and stuff. And she said, go straight home. It was so odd. She told us like three times, go straight home, go straight home. And I was like, yeah, okay. But we stopped off to see some friends because everybody's celebrating. Mm -hmm. And it's very close to our house. And we got in a head-on collision. Wow. And I was pregnant already close to seven months on the Wii. It was such a bad collision. It was a write-off of the car. And it's not an Australian write-off. This is a Trinidad write-off. The car, wow. right? It was wow. serious. All my jewelry fell off. I had a black and blue from the Tango that I had on my seatbelt because, you know, Trinidad is a little... I had on my seatbelt <laughs> and the mark that I had on my from the seatbelt stayed for months. Wow, wow. I had a placenta separation from the from the accident. So it was just it was really a traumatic time for us. And I know God was with us because she, because of the placenta separation, I had to stay in the hospital every day hoping that she would make it with my first child. It was so wow. it was the worst experience of my life. But wow. God was there wow. and amazing. The other girl broke her jaw. In the ambulance, I was on the stretcher and the ambulance attendant was saying, look at you, you're smiling and this other girl is crying. And I'm like, she broke her jaw, that's why she's crying. You know? <laughs> but I too was in a state because, wow. but I was still smiling because I know God got it. Wow. I remember even after all of that, I used to beg to go home from the hospital. I used to beg because, you know, you're in the hospital. I say, please, but they couldn't let me go because the placenta separation, your first child. I have wow. a rare blood type. It was just so many things. Yeah. Then once when um, hmm. I went to shower, because I was so weak from lying down, I fell in the bathroom. And in those days, the bathroom was like a layer of brick. So it's pretty hard, you know, mm -hmm. a layer of brick surrounding your bathroom. And I fell and I hit my back. And my mother was just... And she was so traumatized by the whole thing. And I said, Mom, don't worry. I felt like I fell on sponge. Wow. God got it. It was it was like a miracle. I did not even feel it. It was, you know, those edges around your bottom. It's so sharp in those days. Because when we had our first child, it had no cell phones. It was a really hard time. <laughs> but God got it. I, f I said, Mommy, I felt like I felt on sponge. Wow. I fell on sponge and... It was good. She the, was born healthy. The blessing of God, though, is it's like you're just saying. It's this times where God intervenes in your life, yeah. looks after you. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think about there's the answers to prayer, but then there's all the things you never even asked for Yep. that he took care of. Yep. And I know from me and leading this church since it began 35 years ago, I think about it. I really do. I think about how many miracles we've seen God do in the most extraordinary ways. Every building we've had has been a miraculous provision of God that usually followed, like I remember one point where we needed to, to move from where we were and I just decided we would give. And I found a church in Perth that had a building 
uh, a program going on and wanted to build. So we took up an offering. We gave the whole offering away to that church uh, because I always think if you want to see fruit, you have to sow seeds. Oh, definitely. And so we did that. And sure enough, within a week or two after that, uh, I get a phone call from someone who shouldn't have been involved and that was the answer that we needed. And I think they're the kinds of things that if you're not a Christian, I think you think of God as like Santa Claus or I don't know, (laughs) an old guy in the sky or something or other. But he's actually far more involved in your everyday than what most people, you know what I mean? I agree totally. Yeah. He is. And giving is so important. Yeah, well. It's so important. Yeah, well. Well, I'm going to get you to pray, if you would, for just people who maybe have got anxiety issues, you know, and let's just agree together, the three of us, for blessing over people. Michael, I know, you know, your generous spirit towards the things of God, you know. And we can hear it when you talk, you know, that there's more to this for you than just this is a good thing or, uh, you know, even the right thing to do. It's a want to. And I think that's pretty special. So how about you pray? Thanks. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we come before you right now thanking you for all that you do for us, give us, provide for us, Lord. And Right now, God, we pray for all those who are going through anxiety at this time. Everybody has different issues they're going through in life. We pray for those people, Lord, that you continue to strengthen them and bless them. And at this time, Lord, we also pray for, we know it's destiny time coming up, Lord, and we pray for all our congregation that we continue to to be with them, Lord, help them while they, they turn and they turn to you praying, praying, Lord, that you... Give them the guidance and provision for their needs, Lord Jesus. And they pray. we just pray, Lord, that you continue to provide, protect, and guide everyone. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 You know, one of the things, Michael, that you spoke about earlier <coughs> on and talked about your journey of faith, you know, the fact that you had this personal sense of God is real, but it had never really gone much further than that. I think I've explained that yes. accurately. And I think that's actually true for a lot of people. When I look back at my own life, I remember a point where I said yes to Jesus in a public sphere. But the truth is that there was a journey before that that no one else knew about. It was very private. It was something inside of me where I'd wonder, where I'd think about God. And, and you know, you wrestle with, well, you know, for me, there was this thing of, there has to be more than this. This cannot be it. It cannot just be, you know, school, job, family, get old and disappear. I just thought that just didn't make any sense to me, you know, on on either an intellectual, philosophical, nor any level at all. And I know what it's like when you get to the point you're at now where you say, I have come out of that just the private space and into a walk with God that's very real. And I think for so many people, and maybe if you're a part of this uh, beautiful My Story, and thank you both again, because I genuinely, I love it. I really, you've, you've really said some very deep things. There's the, the laughter and the stuff up here, but then underneath that, there's some very powerful things that I know will speak to people's hearts. And and maybe if you're someone who's at the point where you go, Jeff, I wonder about God. I'm like Michael. 
I'm, you know, or maybe like teaching you grow up in a Christian country or a Christian home mm. or a Christian community, but you've never begun a relationship with God. And that's what we are all about here is not perpetuating a church doctrine, but it's really helping people. How do I get to know God and walk with him? And if you want to do that, up on the screen for you right now is a number where you can send just simply the word yes, because yes to Jesus is the word that invites him into your life. Yes to Jesus is the word that unlocks faith. You know, all my doubts, Michael, I don't know about you, but all my doubts began to disappear once I said yes to Jesus. You know what I mean? It was like all the stuff I was wrestling with and trying to figure out myself when I said yes, he came in and took over that. And I'd love to pray for you and with you and just encourage you in that. Yes, 0488 826 392. If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get our help via email, it's yes.metrochurch.org.au. And either way, whichever way you go with that, we would love to be a part of encouraging you. We'll send you a prayer and a Bible verse. It's different every day. You get it for 30 days, comes to your device, however you choose. And there's no strings attached at all. We're not going to write and ask you for anything. We just simply want to be a part of encouraging you and helping you. And uh, so send that through, won't you? But the yes that comes from your heart is the important one. So let me pray for that. Father, we thank you today for every person that's a part of this great My Story. They're hearing the stories of someone's faith, Michael and Teza and their family and a walk with God and a journey that's taken them from the opposite side of the world to this place and here beginning to discover there was a reason behind all of those shifts behind all of the things of life, there was a God who was involved in their life. Mm. Father, so I'm praying for these people that are about to say yes to you. I know they'll begin to discover that you were there all the time. You are waiting patiently, waiting for their yes. So Father, we thank you for what you will speak and what you will do for them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now listen, before I go, Teaser mentioned about destiny offering. It's that season for us here at Metro. Uh, of course, if you're watching this or a part of this, you know, sometime later, it's August here right now. <clears throat> and this is the time every year where we pause. We say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to speak to us? Give us the faith for the year that lies ahead that we can invest over and above our regular giving. You know, there's a, a brochure out about it. There's a commitment card. It's on the website. You'll see it on our socials as well. But either way, we would love you to join with us. Don't think because you're online that somehow or other you're just a watcher. We don't act like that or think like that. That's why we continually do things like this, making space for people to say, I'm a part of the vision here at Metro. I'm a part of the family here at Metro. You might never have had the opportunity to come visit us. That's okay. We'd love you to join with us in faith and believing that God will speak to you. I know that for Tizu looks after all this. And so she gets to hear probably more of the stories than I do of people's blessing and why God has helped them. And, yeah. uh, you know, to this day, I don't know what anyone gives in Destiny Offering. Tizu knows. I don't know. I choose not to. And uh, so if you've got any questions about that, you can email Tizu. It's Tizu, T-I-S-A, by the way, T-I-S-A at metrochurch.org.au. And if you do that, Teaser will answer your questions and help you out with any of that. So God bless you for that. Thank you for being a part of our wonderful My Story. Thank you again, Teaser. 
Thank you for Thank having you, us. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Go Trinidad. <laughs> in the one last question: in the cricket, who do you barrack for? If it's Australia v Trinidad. Um, but I'll be honest, West be honest. In West Indies. <laughs> West, yeah, West Indies, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we'll take that off camera. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. God bless you. I hope we see you somewhere soon. <laughs>